You are listening to Bear in Mind, the University of Northern Colorado's official podcast. Join us each episode as we listen to the voices from UNC faculty, staff, students, and alumni as they offer insights of local or national importance. This is your host, Dan and Cox, bringing you just a taste of UNC. The lab was started, I think, about 10 years ago before, uh, before I got here through a small internal grant with the idea that we wanted to bridge the gap between the university and the surrounding community in some way through the sociology department. And the way it's evolved, the way the lab has evolved is that what we do now makes up the core of our business and activities is that we take contracts from people on and off campus um, who need data collection and analysis. It's very simple. Um, our core business is, is very uh, straightforward. So that's a lot of surveys, a lot of focus groups. We do interviews. We haven't really found a data collection process that we can't or method that we can't um, execute. Um, and the, the great thing is that it works in two ways. Uh, I think the benefits are twofold. That the community gets an opportunity to engage with us at uh, who are experts in the field at data collection and making sense of it and telling you what your data means um, at an affordable price. And um, and our students get this really great way of bridging what they're learning in the classroom to what is actually going on in the real world. So in the classroom, you know, you get these neat little sets of problems um, that the book has designed for you to work through usually, or a professor has designed for you to work through pretty cleanly. And in the real world, of course, that doesn't work that way. And so the students get to see how that actually um, shows up in the, uh, a lot of times in the for-profit world, but nonprofit worlds too, where data, data sets aren't neat and clean. Clients don't always know what they want. Like getting respondents on a survey is not the easiest thing in the world. Um, and then making sense of it on the back end is not always just a straightforward process. Mm-hmm. And that's actually how Megan came into the lab at first was as an undergraduate student. It was. I was working on staff actually here on campus and um, finishing my degree. And I was really, really drawn to the idea of this, like the lab is like a teaching hospital for research. And so I was finishing my sociology degree and I n- knew this guy and he's like, we have this great lab. And I'm like, what is that? And of course I think it's great. I run it. <laughs> he runs it. <laughs> so of course there was some bias, but I had to see it for myself. Um, and I'm really glad I did the the education first mission and the fact that like it was a place where students could come and learn how to actually apply the thing they were studying in a controlled environment. Like we put out a product to the mm-hmm. client, it's gonna be a good product, but there is room behind the scenes for them to learn and mess up. And like there, like you said, there's there are no clean projects in the real world. And so this was a really good space. It's overseen by PhDs. It's, you know, we have graduate students and undergrads all working together on these projects, um, learning some advanced research um, and statistical methods, but mostly it's like, these are what the projects a are going to look skills. like. A lot of soft Project skills. management, client management. I mean, Megan's right. Like I'll hire any student at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, in part, if they if they don't have skills and they just want to learn, they can come and I'll pay them to learn. Yep. Like, I don't think, I don't think we, give students enough opportunity to develop their expertise, especially at the University of Northern Colorado, where a lot of our students, you know, we're competing for their time with like Chick-fil-A or whatever hourly job they're Multiple jobs and commutes. And And so our business model in the lab, like the revenue model is, is really great in that it allows me to take a variety of projects that some of which, you know, some of which don't actually pay enough to cover all of their costs. Some do and some pay more. But the the fact that this is already tied into my role here as a professor 
um, helps to offset some of the costs. We have some GAs that help to offset some of the costs. And that means that if a student shows up and just wants to like, hey, I don't know anything about research, but I'd like to learn, like mm -hmm. I'll still pay them to come and learn. Um, and eventually, hopefully, like they'll get interested and you know, they'll be, they'll be on, um, a project. on a project. Get to actually like do the soft Maybe. skills part of it. Right. Isn't that how Pythagoras um, would bring in his pupils yeah. is to pay them to for him to teach him math. Yeah. yeah, I mean we can't do that everywhere. Like classes, you know, classes are classes, but the lab is this really innovative mm -hmm. space where we get to do that kind of. We sort of get to flip the model a little bit because I early on I recognized that we're not going to do anything in the lab that is tied to a class mm -hmm. because students can choose to fail a class. It's their right. It's their class, right? Mm -hmm. We can't choose to fail a client. Right. So even though we have students like messing things up all the time, there's always like a, me or another faculty member is always the backstop. Like right. nothing goes out of the nothing goes out of the lab to a client that isn't you know professional and ready right. to go. You're the checkpoint right. for for yeah, the student the, progress. Yeah, checks and balances, and the, and on the flip side of that, the student gets this opportunity to understand what it's like to have that level of pressure. Um, and like a positive pressure, yeah. like understanding that you're going to provide a quality service, like we have these standards, it's going to go to a client in this way, and they get um, a safe space to learn how to do that appropriately. And it's, I think the really interesting, Megan, maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong about this because it's me talking you, about myself. I will but tell the, you uh, if you're wrong. I think what's like in many ways people like when people ask me about this I'm like well we run it like a business yeah. and we're also teaching mm -hmm. but I actually think that's the way businesses should be run agreed like the boards where I sit on as a, you know I sit on boards of, of a nonprofit or in the business that I run outside of the university like I'm always trying like mm -hmm. we're always doing professional development and this is just professional development in an education setting so mm -hmm. even though I say like the students are messing up behind the scenes but there's the check in, you know on the back end I feel like that's the way. That's real life. That's, mm -hmm. Yeah, like I actually good, don't disagree with you here. <laughs> that's real. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. But actually, good businesses should run that mm -hmm. way. So mm -hmm. we really do try to set it up, and I try to run it like we would. I don't treat it any differently, except yeah, you know, I'll say any differently. I don't treat it much differently than I would treat it if we were running a for-profit research firm out in the out in the world. We try to mimic that as much as possible for the students. So what students actually do come to the lab? You, you mentioned as part of classes, but it sounds like it's more applicable to real projects outside of class. The, the social research lab is housed in the sociology department, and the sociology department has an applied sociology curriculum. All the way from our intro class to the end of our master's program, we have very intentionally structured, sequenced, and designed the courses so that we're helping students to understand not which credential and degree they're getting, mm -hmm. but what skills they're getting and how they can use them. Mm -hmm. How they show up on a resume, how they help you to get a job, how they help you to advance in whatever career you're trying to um, trying to go into. And so it's so right now a lot of what we get are sociology students because mm -hmm. that's a natural recruitment pool for us. And they walk in with like a pretty good understanding mm -hmm. of what applied sociology is. And that's pretty rare. I mean most sociology programs in the state and in the country are not applied. No, they're um, typically research based, academically focused. Yeah. Not necessarily like how do you use this in the real world beyond activism. Right. Um, this is one of the few programs that actually does that. And that's and that's super great. I mean yeah. I'm happy for all those other programs. <clears throat> right. But, but this one like the students yeah. come intentionally because they're gonna walk away way with skills beyond just you know how to write an academic article and how to you how to right. see the world differently can you can you define applied 
Yeah, well, I can give you, <laughs> I think I can define it. Sure, you can. <laughs> the distinction for us is really between theoretical and applied. So are we writing and producing knowledge for other academics to consume, or are we using the knowledge that we understand about the ways that groups and teams and organizations work in order to um, be able to produce insights that are actionable? And that's what I mean by applied. So when we talk about what we do in the lab, really what we're trying to do is give leaders insights and data so that they can act with confidence. So they can know, like if, if I need to put that employee on an improvement plan um, because they're underperforming, they should be able to know that for sure, not just with their guts. So if we're doing an employee engagement survey, it's not just like, you know, here's a survey that we found online that we're gonna administer and you know, here's all the data in an Excel spreadsheet. We're doing the interpretation, um, some light editorializing mm -hmm. in those ways to help you know guide those decisions based on the knowledge that we understand about groups and organizations and teams. I, I think you said it right of just a guidance like towards a trajectory yeah. of which they choose. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. 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 Uh, can you provide some examples of some projects? Is is it even that, that the right word? Projects. Yeah, yeah we call them yeah. yeah. projects. Sm small and large. Yeah. Well, sure. let's talk about uh, rather than small and large. Let's. I think the more relevant thing here is like simple and complex. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's some. You know, like there are some small projects that are fairly complex, like for a local charter school, we developed a, a director evaluation component that takes, so we, we do their parent satisfaction survey, we do their employee engagement survey, um, we do a survey of their board, and we map all certain questions on all of those back to the director's self-evaluation of her own goals. So that's fairly complex, even though we're talking about a small charter school. Mm -hmm. And that's a multiple projects that sort of feed into one thing. Um, so each one of those individual projects gets their own report, but then the board gets this one overall thing about like, how is the director of this charter school doing for us this year? Mm -hmm. And during the course of that process, the students are engaged with it um, in a way that encourages their critical thinking about like how to tie all the different surveys together in order to provide appropriate feedback for this this client to be able yeah. to make a decision on the back end. Like we don't give recommendations. Certainly not hiring point. and firing recommendations. Right, right, we wouldn't tell them to like, get rid of her. Ax them, drop that hammer. Um, no, but we definitely encourage, you know, the, the students sit down and they have, you know, with this particular project and there's multiple different moving pieces and then they have to aggregate it all together. Like there's a, there's a critical thinking and application mm -hmm. component mm -hmm. about like, what does the client need to see on the back, on the other side in order to make an educated decision about right. what they need to do. So there's like that level of responsibility. And, these, and, the, and it's really cool. I think as opposed to just doing something for a grade, this, like a lot of times the stuff we do does show up in real life. So part of what mm -hmm. I'm trying to do is both director and teacher um, uh, is, to, is to close that gap for them. So we'll often find that we did an employee engagement survey. I'm usually the one who's doing the client management part. And so I'm in mm -hmm. contact with them. And we find out that, yeah, somebody got fired. Mm -hmm. right. and, and it's like, that's a reinforcement back to the team of like, we have like accuracy matters. Mm -hmm. um, the work we do here is important. Like we can't get this stuff wrong because sometimes there's you know real decisions being made. This isn't just like, oh, you got three points wrong on that because you didn't you know use appropriate citation methods. Right. <laughs> um, there's, there's actual like consequences yeah, for some of the work that we're doing. Megan, talk about the YAI project that we did for the Center for Congregations. Cause that's a nat, well, I just gave an example of a local project. Maybe we can talk a little bit about a national one. Yeah, so we, um, we work, we've done several projects with the Center for Congregations, but this one in particular was studying the, um, they, ha they have these 12 different innovation hubs and each one of them is responsible for measuring and implementing ways to connect young adults back into the church. 
Um, and so we, the, our part of that project was we surveyed everybody involved. Everybody. Everybody involved <laughs> in this project. And it's multi-million dollar project. Not for us at all, but for them, <laughs> for sure. Um, so there's a lot at stake. There's a lot at stake is the point I'm making. Um, so we surveyed all of them um, about this program and the, the efficacy of this program, thoughts and beliefs about this program. And then additionally, we did interviews of from key stakeholders from each of these 12 hubs. And then we aggregated all the survey data and all of the interview data like into- 50 half hour, 45 minute yeah, interviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's, we have a yeah. whole team. It wasn't, we have a whole team. It wasn't just me, okay. <laughs> it was terrible. Um, but yeah, so the team you know, split it up and you know, it was a very complicated long-term project. And then each one of those different 12 innovation hubs got their own report and there was a whole one. And then we went to Indianapolis and presented the- You did. I, I had a to, traveling consult, so Megan flew to so Indianapolis. I, I went to Indianapolis to present the results to this huge conference of this really important project um, and be able to tell them you know, the things that they're doing well and the things that, that they need to pay attention to in the report. And then it started these really meaningful conversations for them around their next steps for this huge. So like we were a, an integral part in the next phase of a really important project. Yeah, it was their midterm. They called it an evaluation. Like internally, yeah, they, had, they budgeted the line for a midterm evaluation, but it was really just about learning. Their whole mm -hmm. idea was, what have, what have we learned so far? Mm. Right, so there was we no benchmark. It, it was benchmarking, basically. It's like, like a reflective it, practice yeah. of what's been going on. Yeah, they wanted to see what had been learned so far and what needed to be done with what they've learned so far and then what they needed to measure in the future. Mm -hmm. So we were able to And it's a good example, I think, of like what the like that there's a certain level of sophistication that goes on in the lab that is not just like me answering an email and then chatting with a client <laughs> and then designing something it's we you know we we have a process where we take clients objectives um we map them to a strategy and then we make sure that each one of those strategies has uh, a point at some point in the data collection process where we can we can say okay we're going to answer that particular question or meet that objective with this question on the interview guide mm -hmm. so the students or on the survey or whatever mm -hmm. so and then when we write the report we're going back to those original maps and the clients are signing off on this all the way along mm -hmm. so they know what's coming the students are understanding exactly why they're asking a particular question when we write the report mm -hmm. we're, we're mapping back to those things and we're saying okay so we were supposed to evaluate this objective we asked three different questions, you know, two on the survey and mm -hmm. one in the interview to help, you know, meet that objective and here's what we found. Right, so at every point along the process, we're checking back in with the thing that they hired us to mm -hmm. do in the right. first place. Right. I think it's re it's been a really important lesson for us in the last two years to be able to do this because we're taking on, we're, we have the capacity to take on bigger and more complex projects. Mm -hmm. And so our ability to constantly like avoid mission drift and scope drift, mm -hmm. scope drift, scope really. Drift. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not mission drift, we know our mission. Um, scope drift for these projects is, is crucial and it's crucial for the client because then we can continually go back to, this is the thing you know we're doing and the thing you asked for because they have a tendency to like, oh, well you can do this? Well, I want this, this, and, and this. Been, and yeah, so, we initially put that process into place to sort of bring clarity for our students right. um, and, and to make sure that we had a better sense of all the, that as the lab was getting bigger um, and handling, you know, sometimes 10, 15 projects at a time, I needed a way to make sure I knew where we were with each step of the mm -hmm. process. But what has happened is that that, that process of coaching clients through what they need and helping them to clarify their own objectives, we increasingly found our clients telling us that that has been the most valuable part yep. of 
you know, as much as the data is great and the analysis is super, they loved being forced to think very clearly about what um, they needed to measure. Yeah, mm-hmm. like we're ta- talking, coaching them through all those things. Yeah. So showing that audit trail and yeah. making them look back yeah. at the reasons why you even yeah. came to those conclusions—that's right. just as important to the it's actual. It's very easy in a research yeah. project to get off track. Mm-hmm. Well, and sometimes they just come to us and like, I think I just want to know more about X. And when mm-hmm. we say like, Why? How does right. that impact your business? What are you mm-hmm. going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Curiosity yeah. versus yeah. a rabbit hole and versus yeah. like and if objectives. It's, and if it's yeah. Just curiosity, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, but they need to know it's just curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like, if they are thinking, like, we want to know more about what motivates our employees um, because we need to know who's not working very hard. I'm like, well, those things don't match. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's a that input doesn't match that output. So we can tell you, you know, we can ask questions about what motivates your employees. But if you really want to know why some of them aren't working hard, we need to ask other questions too. Right, and there really is that key of like, what are you going to do with this? Mm-hmm. Because not only does it burn through their social capital with their, let's say it's the employees. Um, but it also, if they don't have an objective for it, then they're just paying for research that's not gonna go right. anywhere. And we lose, we we are not as able to continue our focus with the project if we don't know what they're doing with it because we need to be able at the end of it to say, here's what we found. And then, yeah. you know, you said you were gonna do this. Go do so it. Do it. <laughs> go do it. <laughs> I'm Josh Packard, uh, Associate Professor of Sociology and Executive Director of the Social Research Lab in the Sociology Department. And I am Megan Bissell. I'm the Project Manager and Lead Researcher at the Social Research Lab. The Social Research Lab is located on the third floor of Candelaria Hall in the Social Department. Any student from any discipline that wants to get involved in doing some of this hands-on, if you you know if you like learning about how to do this kind of research that we've described, you can contact me directly, actually, josh.packard at unco.edu, um, or knock on the door of Candelaria 2140, and there's likely to be a student in the lab at some point during or the me. semester. Yeah, yeah. Probably, doing whatever. There's probably somebody there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for clients that are looking for uh, research projects to help them do program evaluations or just level up their businesses, um, lead change with confidence, um, we are available at unco.edu backslash SRL or at SRL at unco.edu. Um, you could also contact Josh directly at josh.packard at unco.edu. Don't judge us by our website. We're locked oh, into the God, university template. Oh, God, we can't template. help that. Like, yeah. I really do feel very strongly <laughs> about this. Like, I actually design websites. It's so painful. Anyway, um, don't judge the website. But we do tell you kind of what we do and see yeah. some of the other clients that we've worked with on that website. Um, and you can contact us there. Absolutely. Absolutely.